0: Welcome to So You Want to Move to the Country and Raise Goats. This is a podcast about change. Change is all around us and sometimes we're ready for it and sometimes we're not. Change can make us happy, it can make us sad, and for the most part, it does make us anxious. When it overwhelms us, well, we just want to move to the country and raise goats. This podcast features stories from people who have gone through change. We hope that their insights will help you better understand and deal with the changes in your life. I'm Peggy Koenig, and along with my co-host, Catherine Greiva, we chat with insightful people with interesting change stories. I'm a longtime entrepreneur and a consultant who fixes people and organizational problems, and Catherine uses her C-suite experience and entrepreneurial spirit to facilitate organizational strategy. We hope you enjoy our podcast.
1: James Frost was 12 years old when he got his first job working with computers, and it was the start of a long and successful career in the digital industry. He sold Apple products and was the Apple system engineer in Saskatchewan in the 1990s. James was drawn to the creativity and connectivity that technology offered. It was fun and exciting to be part of the digital growth. But things changed, and the service part of the industry became toxic. People were having meltdowns when their phone wasn't working. How can I live without my phone? It was after the loss of a family member that James started to question what's really important in life. And it led him to give away his highly successful business. James tells us how he has reinvented his career and now offers products to help us digitally detox. His powerful story is uplifting and inspiring and he offers some insights on being mindful on how we spend our time.
0: Well, today we welcome James Frost to
1: our podcast. Welcome, James.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Hi, James. It's really nice to have you on our podcast. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I'm excited.
1: Great. So are we. So are we.
0: So, James, you were very deep into the digital technology sector for many, many years. Do you want to tell us how that all started for you?
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, 13 years old back in 1983. That'll tell you how old I am now, I guess. Uh, And uh, I decided I wanted to get into using Apple computer systems. So I went over to the local store and and asked for a job. And he asked for my resume. I didn't know what that was. So I promptly found out what a resume was. And and that's how I started was I, I worked summers and then after schools selling Apple computer systems. And that carried on for Well, up till about two years ago. So I've really seen the start of the computer revolution and sort of the end of it, too, now that we're all using our tablets and our our phones instead.
1: And you were also, you you, you sold hardware. It was, you know, the, the systems and the hardware. And I think you became quite well known and have a credible reputation as knowing your way around a computer and technical support.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you bought an Apple product, typically at one point, you probably touched base with me uh, or the store, one of the stores that I worked at. So absolutely. I mean, we've done all sorts of things that are, uh, you know, Apple related that have been pretty incredible.
0: So James, what really grabbed your attention about technology when you were 12 or 13 years old? And because it really led you through uh, a journey through your life and business. So what was it?
2: It was the creativity part. It was that you could make something, right? It was, whether it was making the computer do something, even change a screen color back then, right? And change the screen color or put text up on the screen. Uh, we wrote software for doctors later on. So we were doing billing software. So there's a whole range of things that we did. Uh, we wrote software for a knitting machine too. So you hook your knitter up to your computer. So it was just, it was the ability to, go into anybody's life and find a connection point and solve problems it was beautiful
1: so it's the connection point that was appealing to you and had that has that did that carry on through your career in the digital sector around this real ability to connect with people and solve uh, whatever issues or problems they had through technology
2: Right, I, I like to think of it like a coffee shop, almost, where you sit and you chat and you find out about people, and then you make those connection points. Right, uh, and that's what we do now with music—is we we talk about the music that we love, and you know, you make those points where you have similar interests, or you expand your music library by learning something new. And that was the same thing with the technology. It was just nice to expand and to see what other people are doing and how they were growing. So,
0: tell us about the expansion. How? Your, your business grew fairly large, right? Well,
2: at one point, yeah, we were uh, about 30 employees, I guess. We were one of the biggest service centers in Canada for quite a while, which is pretty surprising considering the, the size of the city. So yeah, it, it went from me and one other person to a whole bunch of technicians and it changed dramatically, that's for sure.
1: So James, today you're, you're not in that business your day looks very different than it did five years ago. So tell us about how you made that transition.
2: Well, you know, uh, I guess one of the pivot points for me was when my mom passed away. And, and I sort of looked at that and thought, uh, you know, am I doing what am I doing with my life? Is this important what I'm doing? Uh, how do I see myself? How do people see me, I guess? And we started adding different products that, made me feel the same way that Apple products did and it became evident to me that the products we were adding had more emotional impact to me at that point than the Apple stuff did. Again the Apple stuff changed from desktops and laptops to phones so the creativity part wasn't necessarily there. I mean the TikTok things and stuff like that I guess but uh, different from what it was in the past. So, so I gave the business away. I gave the Apple business away, and I focused on music and video and audio.
1: So when you gave the business away, what does that mean? Did you have inventory? Did you have supplies? Did you have
2: stuff? They paid for the inventory. <laughs> but, you know, as for everything else, the, the name and the customer lists and uh, all the tools and all that, everything else was, was, was a giveaway. I wanted to make sure our staff was in a position where they'd still have work. And uh, it felt important to me to make sure they were protected. So that's what I did.
1: So, James, you talked about when your mom passed away, that you started really questioning what meaning your life had and were you really, uh, you know, making the most of it. But were you starting to think that a little bit? Were, Were there little niggles in your mind that you started to wonder, gee, am I doing what I really should be doing on this earth?
2: Sure. I mean, yeah, the passion definitely had changed. Again, it was that creative aspect of it and it changed into uh, phone repair and, and maybe not that simple, but there was definitely more of the day dedicated to volume and dedicated to, you know, fixing phones. And, and I wanted to be able to get back in touch with people and the way people reacted uh, was concerning too, because it was high stress for me, but super high stress for everybody else. If your phone fails you typically aren't real pleased with that. (laughs) And then you tend to take that out on the people that are trying to help you. And it it seemed troubling to me that this is the path we're on and we're still on this path.
0: As an entrepreneur, I have to tell you, James, that walking away from a very profitable company, um, that had to be tough. I can't even imagine. I mean, most entrepreneurs, they look at... Of course they want to add value, but you know, if you're successful and you're employing a lot of people and you're adding to economic churn and you're making money, that's a, that's a big decision really yeah. after talk- 20 years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it's your baby, right? It's like everybody says you grew it from just you into something that was a multimillion dollar business. Uh But it, health-wise, wasn't helping me, and it sure didn't seem like the customers were healthy with it. And they thought it made sense to try and take a different angle with things and to talk to people about, you know, it's okay not to check your Instagram today or, or for an hour <laughs> or for five minutes or whatever it may be. And, you know, listen to some music or, or go for a walk and, you know, take a photo that isn't just hammering on your phone, but you're actually looking at what you're taking the picture of it's okay to step back.
0: So was there one defining moment that you can recall where you knew that it was over for you and the business, like the passion wasn't there anymore and you had to get out of it?
2: Yeah. I mean, there were, there were a couple of cases where customers um, acted in a way that probably wasn't really beneficial for anybody (laughs) in that particular situation. And, I understand I have empathy for people that have issues with their phones or don't have things backed up. And, you know, I understand that that's a crisis, but at the same time, you know, you're still standing, you're still walking, you're still talking. It's, it'll be okay.
1: You know, it's really interesting, James, how you talked about getting into this, this whole uh, digital sector, or digital industry because of the creativity that it brought to your world it brought to others and how it shifted over time into being a service desk and um, you know, that lack of creativity. So it sounds like you have really paid attention to what drives you and your values, which is creativity. You needed to find a place where you could allow that to happen again. Is that, is that true?
2: That's accurate. I mean, once it became a commodity, I think it became really hard to be passionate about it too, right? It was, again volume of thousands of phones and all these things happening and you couldn't put the detail into building that community and and that's what we're trying to do that's what we've always tried to do is build a core group of people out that have the same kind of passions and i think that's a beautiful thing to do
1: so what are you doing today what is different about what you're doing today than what you were doing before with the uh computer industry
2: well, it, it's still vertical. We still pick specific brands and we, we talk about their stories. We believe in, in having product that, that means something, uh, on a, on a level that isn't, you know, a commodity purchase. It's not something that you buy and then a year later it goes into that drawer in your kitchen. And then a year later it gets chucked out or recycled. We want something that's sustainable and we want something that you can be passionate about and you don't have to, it doesn't build anxiety. there's this social media anxiety that we all have that I think we should step away from or at least try to a little bit that everything will be better especially now I mean now we're confined most of the time so instead of worrying about that stuff just again just relax with some music take you back to those moments in your life that that were high points I, I think that's a good thing to do
1: so why do you think people don't step away more are we afraid of what's going to be what we're going to find if we're not connected?
2: yeah, I, I think maybe it's a worry, like I know for Instagram it's a worry of am I going to miss it?" but you know if you if you look at it from that standpoint and you say, "Okay, well, tell me three images that you saw this week on Instagram that you liked, you probably can't because you've seen hundreds and hundreds of them, and it all sort of blurs together. so I think it's a numbing thing too is you can get on Instagram and you can see a hundred pictures of cats and, and that's okay, cat pictures are fine, <laughs> but it's not necessarily long-term improving anything for you. You get off your phone or you get that text or you get that voicemail that comes through your email and you're back to that stress again. Again, for us, we, we like the tagline of trying to connect you back to the soundtrack of your life. We want to try and connect you back to those moments, whether that's that moment at the lake where the sun's setting or it's you know, that first dance at a wedding or it's whatever it is that brings back that moment that's positive and that you can share that with people.
0: Do you find, James, that people are open to hearing that message or are people so attached to their devices that they can't give them up?
2: It's hard. I think, yeah, a lot of people have a lot of trouble with with, uh, disconnecting. I, I think right now with things like Facebook, there's more of a push to try and you know, limit your Facebook time. I I think when you look at stuff like that, and you see that there's all these opinions that are on there that aren't necessarily beneficial, it's hard to figure out what's what.
1: And yet at the same time, during this period of COVID, and, um, you know, having to really physically disconnect from the outside world, I've heard many people talk about they have been able to pay attention to things that they haven't for a while. They've been going for more walks. They've been listening to music. And so if that's true, how do we keep going and doing exactly as you're suggesting, pay attention to the soundtrack of our life?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think at this point we don't have much option, right? We can't get back to where we were, but it's, it's understanding that you're, you're building, you know, those experiences with your family, family or just with yourself that are just so vital to your mental health, I think. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, when you get on Facebook or when you, you binge watch something, you know, what does it do for you in the end? Is it, is it, what feeling do you get from it? And it's not the same feeling as when you go out into the garden and you garden for a bit and, you know, you can see what's happening when you do those types of things.
1: You're also, you know, talking a bit about being more mindful, paying attention to after we've experienced something, what has that done for us? And that mindfulness is really important, isn't it, to paying attention to how we're feeling after we've done something.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, we shifted to product lines that we feel. You can be mindful about the, the things that you're purchasing. Cause I think there's a lot of us that feel we got this clutter where we have all this stuff. And then there's this forced upgrade where we have to upgrade everything every 12 months or every 18 months. And, uh, it, it just feels overwhelming and unhealthy. And, and the idea is to, uh, again, appreciate what you have and, and maybe, you know, buy less, but buy better.
0: So you, you, um, you're selling luxury items. Am I right, James? Is that you you tag them as luxury items?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there's the biggest luxury is having time to do those things, but yeah, it's, it's luxury product. That's for sure. It's, and it's not based like on a price point type of uh, scenario. It's based on, again, the ability to have something that's worthwhile and, you know, it's what, again, I'm pretty old. So it's when I used to save up to buy something, You know, that was a monumental thing to buy it. Now it's a consumable type uh, business where everything's this pushed and it's, you don't keep anything long anymore and you don't even recycle it necessarily.
0: Yeah. It's very disposable. We, we, we live in a very disposable society right now. I think you're right about that.
2: Yeah. We tell everybody that, you know, when you buy headphones, we don't want to see you come back for more headphones. Until your spouse takes them and you need a new set or something like that. But we don't want to sell you some every year just because there's a different color, or a different feature. The whole point is that they should sound good and you should keep them. They should be beautiful.
1: So you've stayed in the electronics business, headphones, speakers. What line of product do you sell?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's Bang & Olufsen for audio video. It's Leica, which is a German company for cameras. Um, yeah so we sell a whole bunch of different products but it again it's about trying to find product that we 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 like the story we like the legacy the companies are are good companies that are treating their employees right that are treating their customers right and then they have a long-term strategy it's not a five years in and then out type of strategy which again seems to be so popular now is let's build a business let's sell it off and let's burn it to the ground this is These are companies that have long histories, like Bang & 95 years old this year. It's a company that believes in its core values, and and, and I like that. That's what we want to do, too.
0: So do you you sense with your customers, James, that there is a shift across all of the generations to try and step back more from social media and, and, and technology? Do you sense that from your customers?
2: I think the younger ones, absolutely. The younger ones are looking at lifestyle a lot more than they used to. So, uh, for us, uh, we've seen that, and and they're interested in quality of products, too. They want something that isn't disposable that they can hold for a while.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I I think what we're what we're seeing younger people pay attention to also is sustainability and uh, reuse of product and careful choice of product so it's not so throwaway. And which is really interesting because um, they're also the generation that's very connected uh, through social media. So it's a, it's an interesting di- dichotomy with uh, some of the younger people.
2: Yeah, we we found that again. They 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 want to know more about the companies that they're buying from too. They they just don't want to. It's not just a price point purchase anymore. Uh, but again, that being said, that's not the majority <laughs> of people in any of these groups. The majority of people are still, you know, looking for their their discounts online. Which uh, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But at one point, again, you look around your house and you have all this stuff that, uh, I mean, it's it, it 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 hasn't made you happy. It's it's trying to be more resourceful with with what you're purchasing and using it properly.
0: And, you know, James, I suspect that people have forgotten what high level of quality is in sound, for example, or or what kind of quality you can get from a really good camera. Because everybody's so used to using their devices, right?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I always say that, you know, uh, you use your digital camera to take pictures of food uh, with, when it's on your phone, right? That's what your phone camera is for. We've accepted mediocre is what we've accepted and it's good enough i mean my poutine looked great in that instagram shot that i took but my trip to hawaii you know could have been better if i if i had a camera with me and it's not that big a deal to to have something like that and for sound i knew that sound was a big thing because when we brought bang and olison in we had a staff meeting and like any staff meeting the boss stands up there and talks and then says okay everybody can go and Everybody bolts out the door. Uh with the Bag and Olson one, we were there an extra hour and a half. And I said to everybody, you know, you, you don't have to go home, but you, you can't stay here. You gotta you gotta go. Everybody was so invested and they understood. It was just one of those things that was eye opening that was we were so used to listening to sound one way. And then when we got an opportunity to experience it, it was just it was it was mind blowing.
1: So it sounds like you're very happy with the changes that uh, that you made. You talked about your health was starting to suffer, you know, when you were still working in the um, computer industry. And it, it sounds like, and you seem to be very happy and uh, very content with where you where you are in life.
2: Uh, I'm happier. You know, somebody asked me, are you happy? And I just said, yes, because I think that's like the, That's the break response that you give is this. Yes, I'm happy and I'm happier. That's for sure. I think, you know, I spent 35 years in the technology business with computer in the computer industry specifically. And that kind of pace, even though it's been two or three years, we've been doing this now. I still, it's still built into me. It's, it's hard to let that go. So I'm way happier, but there's room for improvement. That's for sure.
1: So what's next for James Frost?
2: Well, I, I think it's still building community. I think we're really early with this, this next project, and it's just a matter of connecting with people and, and talking about music and talking about photos and you know, going on walks and, and, and just trying to build that group of people back up again, and that's the focus.
0: So, James, do you feel like it's an upward battle? Do you feel alone in, in the cause?
2: <laughs> um sure um <laughs> maybe not maybe not alone no but uh it's slowly building you know it, it's an in- interesting parallel because when i started selling apple equipment uh, it was the same thing you didn't admit that you were an apple user why would you have a apple a mac machine instead of a windows machine so we're in the same space it was it was definitely an uphill battle there and that turned out okay so i i think you know Uh, This has already turned out okay, so it'll keep going.
1: James, you've um, really talked about how your values have guided you into where you are today. Are there any insights you'd like to share with our listeners about your change journey?
2: Well, sure. I think it's about just following your passion, following what you believe in. Um, Like you said, you, you, you feel like you're alone. Well, you might sometimes, but... Uh, I think it's, you know, it's what they say about is it better to fail at something you love than succeed at something you hate kind of deal. I think that being passionate and and following through and and understanding that if it gets hard that's okay. It's okay to keep going. You don't have to stop and and restart. You can you can keep pursuing your passions and that's always a great thing. And you will find people that'll that'll feel the same about it too.
0: That's great. It's, it's quite a story, James. I, I, you know, from walking away from a very successful company and starting in a whole new territory almost, because this is something quite contrary to where most people are at as far as technology and social media. So I think, I think it's a great story
2: we've always been ahead of the curve so that's where we are now i like yeah. to think so you know we just everybody's just got to catch up to me that's all
1: it it's really true interesting you say that because uh i wonder where we will be in a few years this will we reach a saturation point will we become even more you know, upset with what we're reading on 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 social media and, and be more mindful about how we're using our time and those experiences. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see where society goes over the next few years with regard to use of social media.
2: Yeah, I think we're already getting there. I think people are upset yeah. with social media in general. Um, they're not checking their feeds as much. Yeah, You're going to start thinking about what makes you happy again instead of what's out there that's going to give you anxiety.
0: So James, I I want to thank you for sharing this story because I think it it really, people will really start to think about it. I think after they hear your story, where can they reach you? Where, what's what's the best approach? Are you on social media?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the crazy part, right? Oh yeah. Reach me on social media. Uh, Of course we're on social media, but you know, jamesfrost.com is the website. So you can, you can check us out there. And of course, we have a location downtown, which we are being socially distant with, but you can come see us there too. And, and uh, you know, we're doing things like if you want speakers in your house, we're, we're doing demos in-house so you can hear those things in your home where you don't have to worry about, again, being around a bunch of other people. So there's all sorts of opportunities and options there.
1: James, you've got a terrific story, and uh, I think you are ahead of the curve. So would be fun to... Um touch base with you in two or three years and see where we're at and uh, see how true to form society is following the path of James Frost. There you go. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us.
2: Well, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful.
1: Thank you, James. Wow, Peggy. That was a really interesting story. What'd you think? Well,
0: you know, as an entrepreneur, I'm always... I'm quite interested in people's stories about walking away from their business especially for reasons where you just can't buy into it anymore and he
1: literally gave it away but um, just seems very content and very at ease with uh, where he is I, I, I would agree with you
0: Yeah, and one of the things that, um, like when he says our goal is to connect you to the soundtrack of your life, I think that's beautiful. And just listen to some music and slow down. I think that's a message that everyone should take to
1: heart. Yeah, I agree.
0: If you've learned just one thing about change while listening to this podcast, please subscribe on Apple or Spotify and share with a friend. This episode recorded via Zoom audio. Producers Peggy Koenig and Catherine Greiba. Executive producer Koenig Leadership Advisory. Audio editing and production Big Bang Studios. Sound engineer Hal Schrenk. Theme music La Pompeii written by Chris Harrington. Music publisher Invato Market. For information on this podcast and to purchase some fabulous goat merchandise, please visit www.getyourgoat.ca.